Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, which shares stories of spiritual awakening, communication from higher sources, healing energy, miracles, and soul awareness. I am delighted today to welcome Joseph L. Burgess, author of Dimensions of Consciousness and founder of UBU, a nonprofit organization which teaches awareness through possibilities. Hello, Joseph, and thank you for joining us to share your transformative process and your ultimate discovery of love. Thank you, thank you, dear. It's, I'm very happy to be able to share my story. Great. Okay. Joseph, as listeners of Healing From Within are very well aware, my guests and I search our experiences, heart, and emotional landscape to begin to know ourselves on a multidimensional basis as both energetic beings having a physical experience and discovering what life is all about and how to improve our personal and human condition. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Joseph Burgess, a life strategist and creator of the myth of perception, or realign the perception from fear to love, shares a nine-step transformation course, which is based on the Hindi Siryanta and the nine steps of creation. Realigning the physiology of the way a brain processes information, we will discover we are all limitless, great potential, wrapped in separation. Joseph, I, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and to remember a person, now you have to go back in time, remember a person, place, experience, or interest that you may have had that may have shown you or others the possible path uh, that you would choose in your adult life because I believe we are born with exactly the family and the situations that will benefit our soul journey. So think back for a minute. Okay. Uh, actually, that's kind of... it. To go back that far, um, it, I would have to say that it's my family dynamic, the way my, um, not necessarily the way, the, well, it was the way that I learned, but it was the way that I learned not to be, um, <laughs> if that makes any sense. That does make it, sense, yeah. It, when I was almost, when I was almost 19, I got in a car accident, and I was, I was, um, I was um, reading dead for five days and in a coma for six weeks. Um, and it was that really that actually that's not even really what changed my life. That just brought me an awareness of like all of the stuff that you're saying beyond life. Um, yes. I died and I remember what it looked like when my mom jumped up to resuscitate me. Nurses come rushing into the room. I looked over to the right out the window and boom, I went back into my body. Mm, you were having, um, you were having sort of a, an out of body experience or perhaps a near oh, death completely. experience. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that was that, um, 
I, I just I have a lot of stuff. Um, you had said the Dimensions of Consciousness book, um, but I've kind of refocused my energy into getting my story out, and that's a story of like my it's it's a story of my life, but through my life, it's interjecting all the associations so people can learn from reading my book. Like it's almost like going to a therapist. Um, you read my, you'll read my book and then you'll be like, Hey, that happened to me. Hey, that happened to me. Hey, that happened to me. And then by making the association, it's how we improve ourselves that because association technically is how that's remembering. Mm -hmm. Every time we remember something, we're associating it to a memory that we have. So, uh, it, it's just, I believe in association I, in, as a teacher, as a tool and, um, that's what I'm going to be doing with my book. I'm in the process right now. I would love to have it um, published by spring, Easter time. Um, because, I mean, I did die. <laughs> so the spring and Easter is a good time for it to be published. Um, I'm in the process right now of um, seeking out different publishers. There's a couple well, that want my yeah, story it's a, right it's now. It's a slow process, but it's a very worthwhile effort. And I trust that if it it's meant to be, it'll be. And not to worry too much, just to keep going forward and putting your intention yep. intentions out into the higher air or universe and ask for yep. help from above. It all works. Uh, I mean, to people who have not learned how to manifest and create, they find it a bit... Um, part of imagination or part of um, a make-believe scenario, but it's really the way energy works, and we are just energy mm -hmm. beings, and our thoughts are just energy thoughts, and we are creating our lives, and some of the experiences we have are difficult or challenging, but even through that can come a greater reality of who we are and to remember who we are through the experience. Now, I think you think you talked about um, maybe characters when you were a kid and cartoon characters and and uh, you were interested in something to that effect. You, you I, I to be honest, I don't I don't have memories from that I use from before my accident. Oh. I have pre trauma amnesia and I have trauma amnesia and I have post trauma amnesia. So if I remember something from my life, it's a it's not, it's, I'm not, I don't use my childhood as, it is, as inspiration at all. Oh, it's, okay. that's, that, I'm not like so, I was when I, when, when I look at a picture from before my car accident, I don't completely recognize it. I know that it's me, but it's not me. Well, then, because yeah, when, you had a new life then. So from 19 yeah, on yeah, is, okay, is when I, let's when, look at it that yeah, way. When, when I died, actually, I, I was a walk-in. That's what I believe. Was I was um. Well, let's explain that. Into my body. Yeah, let's let's explain that to to our listeners. Now, one day okay. I saw this. There was a show uh, that used to be on television, Medium, and they actually right. showed uh, this woman's husband dying. And then uh, there were emergency people working on him. And you could see an energy form leaving. And you could see an energy coming in. And then he started to 
uh, breathe again. So that's what a walk-in is. A walk-in is when one soul has finished their life and done all they, they, well, when they've done all that they have to do in this physical incarnation, uh, they are free to leave and return to life after life and and, uh, create a new uh, story or pattern for themselves. And some other soul that needs to come in comes into that physical body. So that's, I believe, what a walk-in is. I actually, I'm from Michigan, but I live in Florida now. Um, When I was in Michigan, I was very recluse and very... um, I was married and had two stepkids, but I I spent a lot of time by myself um, because I was learning everything and I didn't want the influence of external information on what I was learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've studied. I've been studying psychology since my accident. Well, actually, two years after I started studying psychology, and then I started studying. Or then I learned meditation when I was twenty-six. After when I did that, that was like totally what blew off everything for my life. Meditation is the greatest thing. The meditation saved my life. Meditation has made me um, beyond a miracle. It's I, the fact that uh, I'm alive is a miracle. Yes. The fact that I um, I have the cognizance that I had after my accident was a miracle. Um, just based on the statistic of mortality following my injury, because it was 99.9% for a person suffering an injury as severe as mine. So That they died. 99.9% didn't make it, right? Yep, yep, so, <laughs> pretty much. Yep, 999 so, people were dead when I was alive. Right. And um, so that kind of just... It, that that statistic actually was a statistic that I learned the very first day that I started studying psychology, and that has been my motivation for doing everything that I'm doing. But what I'm doing now, my nonprofit, the UVU, is at, there's 1.7 million people who suffer a traumatic brain injury each and every year. There's roughly 5 million people with the um, family, the friends, the caregivers, and all that surrounding the survivor. That's what my nonprofit is here to help. It's because after my accident, I couldn't find um, any answers. I couldn't find any help that I needed. Everybody was trying to help me, but they couldn't help me in the ways that I needed. So I, and it was because I couldn't comprehend how they were trying to teach me. I didn't have the knowledge in my head to understand what they were trying to teach me. Mm-hmm. So but I'm, I have a very good connection between the medical field. I have a good connection with the survivors and the caregivers and the family because I've been around numerous people who have um, brain injuries and trauma in their life. So I, to be honest, I, I'm a very unique person. I'm... Um, I'm not, I would, I'm not more yeah, stressful I would, than anybody. No, but I would say, given the experience that you have had, you are using a resource deep within yourself to bring it all together to to serve others and to bring yourself exactly. as much positivity and joy in living your life with what you were handed, which was a challenging, very extremely challenging situation now i know uh your brand is the myth of perception 
what is that myth? Uh, I think there's a book by Brad Willis. I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, but mm-hmm. he describes the myth of perception by saying, uh, there are millions of self-help books that all promise the secret to obtaining a happy life, a successful career, lots of money, loving relationships, a defined and firm sense of more morality, uh, whatever it is that you could define happiness for one person. But nothing is possibly more subjective than happiness or perhaps yeah. health. So born, he was born with a deformity known as pectus excavatum, which is a sunken okay. chest, and and he struggled with low self-esteem. He perceived flaws and societal pressure to be perfect. And eventually he realized that he had been chasing the wrong ideal. So is that something that rings with uh, a feeling for you that perhaps what you had to go through uh, was just a myth of perception and that perhaps there's it, something else that's more defining for you and others? More, Yeah, more defining, definitely. Um, there are 7.6 billion perceptions in this world because there are 7.6 billion people. That means there's 7.6 billion realities. Each reality is the makeup and the construct of an individual perception, the individual mind of a person. No one can experience the memories that you have, nor can you experience the memories that I have. That makes your perception, your perception, my perception, my perception, everybody else's perception, their perception. That alone is a myth because we interpret all the information around us. We think that everybody else is going to see it the same way we do. But technically, nobody even sees color the exact same way no. because of our interpretation. You know, so it's based on, and that's, this is a big part. I actually, I, I'm writing a book also. It's a manual for my nonprofit, actually. It's to help the mentors. Um, that's actually basically the, a lot, um, Laws of psychology. Uh, I, I break psychology down. I have a very unique ability to be able to compartmentalize uh, life, um, reality into labels, into words. And then by using association, I can, like, um, happy. Like, first of all, um, there are only two human emotions that we experience, and that's love and fear. Yes. And technically, fear, fear is only love. It, it's that's the separation of love that was, that you were speaking of earlier in your description of me. That the fear that's unique. That's the perception that an individual has. So it's um like eighty five percent of thought is a logical thought, or and that's if you're using if you're not scared. But if you're scared, then we're using irrational thought because technically the only thing keeping us alive is fight or flight. So <clears throat> with that. Everything. If, if we stay in fight, we're going to resist it. We're going to oppose it. We're going to try to dominate it. We're going to try to do whatever to it. And so we're we're trying. We're and that's in the moment. But when we people think about, oh my God, my wife is cheating on me. My husband is cheating on me because he's been gone for an hour and he's not really. Or this is the famous one from when I was a kid. The illogical thought of, um, oh my God, did my parents get in a car accident and die? Is that why they're late? And that's right. what used to always scare me was that somebody got in a car. I actually, I used to be very scared of my house burning down because when I was a baby, I was actually in my cradle 
and my sister, um, I was sleeping in her room, and our house caught on fire. And my sister grabbed me and took me out. And so that's, I believe that that's the reason why I have the fear of fire. And so, well, the only thing we're willing, well, fears do thing, sometimes come from uh, an event, but but the well, point yeah. is that the events that happen, I believe, are meant to happen to set up a scenario so that we can go from that fear, conquer it, and go to a state of feeling comfortable and good about ourselves and life. Yep. So you're right. Yep. The dichotomy yep. is everything is either a fear or a joyful reaction. And every day of our life and every minute of our life, we are constantly balancing the two. So, yes, but we can learn to do that, and we can learn to be effective where we get to a point where we're just observing and not judging and not letting any of the lower vibrational emotions of fear or anger or blame or or, or greed or all the low take hold of us. We're in a state where we can observe life and we can choose what we wish to uh, expand or um, be part of and reject mm-hmm. what doesn't feel right or good for us. So, so you're right in saying that. Uh, but let's go on to what happened when you had that terrible accident. I can't even okay. imagine what it's like to lie there and hear people talking about yourself and you're alert, you're in a state of uh, out of body, so your spirit or soul is watching it Actually, all, but you can't respond. What's it like to be like that? What did you Actually, learn from um, being like that? It, I um, it, Let me rephrase your perception of what it was. It was, okay, um, I believe that each of us are soul and each of us are, are an ego. Um, my my soul left my body. My soul came into my body. Now let me sum up the concept of God to me and right. my label my label thing. God is awareness. So I don't have to tell that tree what to do for it to know what to, that it needs to absorb the sunlight and get water from the roots. I don't have to look at that stick and tell it what it needs to do to be a stick. I don't have to tell the washing machine what it needs to do to wash clothes. Everything in the universe is awareness. We are the only thing in this planet that does not acknowledge our own personal awareness. And uh, that means purpose, our value, if you will. Uh, I mean, we modify um, the value of a dog or a cat and all that because of our um, conditioning that we do on it. And all this goes back to actually... um, I started really realizing all of this stuff when I understood the fact that I could um, put uh, human psychology and dog psychology side by side, and I could I was I came up with the concept. I'm like, man, training or raising a child is just like training a dog if you do it right. So, and I told a friend that, and he's like, yeah, my grandpa gave my mom a training dog book, and I turned out good. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not necessarily a, it's not a demeaning thing or demoralizing. It's 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 if you understand the way that you can of how the proper way of training a dog is, you can understand the rules, boundaries, and limitations that every psychology needs. It has to have rules, boundaries, and limitations. If it doesn't have rules, then it'll go free and it'll run and it won't stop from doing anything. If it has the limitations, that's what's going to tell the rules are that how or 
that'll tell you how far you can push it. Just like every parent knows, all little kids, they push the boundaries. They push the boundaries. That's because in zero to 10 months, a child is learning fine motor skills. They're learning how to put their hands to their mouth. They're learning how to crawl. They're learning how to function in life, how to survive. From 10 months to five years, the human brain in the development is the beta stage. And that is uh, basically where you're a sponge. Um, all children are sponges, and they don't know. The brain does not know how to try or to filter through information mm-hmm. to process yes. it. It it just takes it all and takes it all and takes it all in. So those are the formative years of life. So if you can, I actually I'm going to be right. I I have tons of books. I can write books on leadership. I can write books on parenting. I can write books on relationships. Because I understand this the way that I do. But the key to all of it is what you were talking about, which is awareness or consciousness. We are not, we are not only the physical body. We are energy packets or beings and connected to each other and the universe. And you know, as a medium, I, I enter into the realm also during meditation. You were talking about mm-hmm. meditation earlier, and I gather information or messages for clients that are filled with this connection uh, of eternal love that that reminds us of how we are supposed to live this life, but we've forgotten it because our ego or physical reality and a societal training takes us away from this complete knowingness and being who we really are as eternal beings right now in a physical body. But uh, the point being, uh, it's a language of love. The messages I receive come with love and to teach us that there's no death. Our soul is just connected to all other souls, whether in a body or out out of a body. And there is a universal source. Some people call it God. I call it uh, creation, Uh, the energy of creation uh, or creative force that we're all part of. And I have interviewed many doctors, Dr. Raymond Moody, who wrote Life After Life, and he studied near-death experiences like you had, and Dr. Evan Alexander, who wrote Proof of Heaven. He was brain dead from meningitis and was not expected to pull out of his coma, uh, but he relayed Mm -hmm. the world of spirit in the most beautiful and poetic ways. And I was always drawn to... um, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, even though I never met her, but she established hospice care. And she worked with this Dr. Vernon Silvest, and he participated in the Monroe Institute in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I interviewed him. And all these people, scientists, artists, musicians, they're all aware that life is an eternal force and consciousness does survive physical death. So it's the story of energy. And I'm writing, yep. I'm completing a book now also, and it's called New Life Awaits. Uh, so that's uh, creating your um, best afterlife by living consciously now. And that's what you and I are talking about. Simply living consciously, allowing ourselves to be aware not burying ourselves in belief systems or the thoughts of other people, even books. They only serve to perhaps awaken a thought we have, an inspirational thought that we're sharing with the conscious you know, universe and 
eternal reality of truth. So I want to thank you for sharing, Joseph Burgess, for sharing your accidents and your recovery and all you have learned through having a traumatic brain injury and how it has shaped your soul and physical life, encouraging you to expand and evolve in a greater realization of love and life's potential for healing. And I know it wasn't easy. We're talking years. 24. <laughs> You're 24, yeah, 24. now? <laughs> no, in my, actual, well, in my new life I am. Um, oh. I Actually, I, when I lived in Michigan, I had a conversation with the soul that entered into my body because... Um, that was the connection that I had with myself that I developed within myself. It's, I didn't, I see, I learned to talk to my guardian angels and my guides. And that was one of the first metaphysical reactions that I had in my life or actions that I took in my life that led me down this path. And I, I trusted it. I got to the point where I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm making horrible decisions in my life. Um, I can't do anything right. I'm screwing everything up. So you know what? I'm going to ask you guys what to do. So I started asking Spirit what to do. Mm-hmm. I asked. I mean, it was yes or no questions. But I'm like, okay, should I go left or right at the next stop sign? And then I get to the stop sign, close my eyes, and then I do what I did to learn yes or no. Well, then it turned into my a, a gut feeling where I, I completely recognized the feeling of yes, and I completely recognized the feeling of no. So it turned into a just a way to perceive information. And I went to the local library, and I asked a question. And I don't remember what the question was, and it doesn't really matter because it, it doesn't matter to anybody else if, or if, it doesn't matter to me if anybody else um, wants to believe it or not because I've had people like, that wasn't true, you can't even remember the question. But they also seem to forget that I have amnesia. But um, I asked a question, I went into the library, I asked where to go to. They told me where to go to, what like what floor of the library to go to, what section of the library to go to. I started walking down the hall. They told me when to stop. I asked them which side. They told me which side. I asked them which row of books. They told me that row of books. I asked them which shelf. They showed me that shelf. I asked them which half of the shelf. They showed me which half. I started going up and down the or up the row with my finger, and I would ask yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and then I got to a yes. I asked what like zero to hundred, no. Zero to, or to 101 to 200, no. 201 to 300, no, or whatever. I'm not sure exactly where it was in the book. But, but you I found it down into that. Yeah, but you, you I, found what you needed, didn't you? Because it's I a process. I court, the paragraph? Yeah, but you know what you're really saying, yep. Joseph? You're really saying it's a process of trust. To know you're not alone. Exactly. To know you're a multi-dimensional exactly. being and to know <laughs> that you don't have to be afraid. So let's summarize today's episode of Healing From Within because you have shared probably one of the hardest challenges any human being has experienced, dying and coming back to life without the skills and capacity to live life as you were before the accident. Now the effort and retraining that goes along with such an injury and trauma are unimaginable to most. But, Joseph, through the resilience of your mind, body, and spirit, you found a way, a process for healing and to live life fully as perhaps your soul had intended you to discover even before you were born. 
perhaps it was part yeah, of your completely. Um, not, it, not perhaps yep. it was part of your journey and your plan to have the accident and to continue forward the way you completely. have. We have seen that the completely. key, yeah, we have seen that the key to living beyond any major illness or near-death experiences is to remember that we are all more than we appear to be, and life exists on so many levels of energy and in a continuous way or eternal way beyond physical life we are each the journey of a creative force which needs us to evolve and emerge change and renew time after time the journey is surprisingly simple conquer fear know yourself and your energetic capacity and find that we are all beings born into love joseph and i would have you remember while it is not easy often to accept life's challenges we are never truly alone and have the resources of the universe to guide us and love us through lifetimes of remembrances of love. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to hear authors, scientists, visionaries, spiritualists, healers, and masters of living with spirit and health Show us new ways to visualize and create what it is that is our heart's desire. Shows may also be heard on DreamVision7Radio.com and WebTalkRadio.net. Thank you.